You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Show it again. (laughs) Oh, God. He's Andy. I don't know, Nick, if you know this, but Andy is like, he has a sign making thing in his house. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes. Did you make that one? Of course. Why uh, are you giving those out right now or what? Uh, no, I have one of my builders that's dropping 30 year fixed rate mortgages down to 4.99%. What's that little rules apply thing? You, you don't worry about that part, dude. You just get in here and let's get you going. Uh-huh. All right. All right. No, the rules apply like it's certain houses. So the houses that have our inventory homes that have been sitting a minute are the ones that uh, qualify for that program. So that's a full 30 years, fixed the whole 30 yeah. years. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, rates took a big drop. That's why they're dropping, baby. Yeah. I wonder what wonder what that costs to do that. Six percent. Six really, so they're paying six percent closing costs. Well, yeah, there it's straight up. If if somebody came into that house and said, "Hey, you know the the house is seven hundred thousand uh, cash price, and it's you know seven fifty with this finance number," they'll go to the seven hundred no problem, or they'll drop houses listed at seven fifty. They'll drop it to seven hundred, and then you can pay cash, or you can do your own mortgage or whatever at current rates. Because even current rates aren't bad. They're in the high sixes now. So they're, which I wouldn't have said a year ago, but today I'm like, it's pretty good. Is that to compete or is it just really slowed down? Um, It's to get rid of uh, houses that we want to get rid of. Okay. They just want to move it. Yeah. want to move them up. Is there more inventory out there to build new ones on? Uh, Oh yeah. There's plenty of space. Here's the thing. The costs from last year, some of the uh, supplying, other than labor, uh, have started to actually soften just a little bit. So there's sometimes replacement costs is even a little more aggressive than the um, than the current costs we're holding them at. So the idea there is to turn inventory that was built as uh, model homes or you know just examples because sometimes builders want to show A, B, C, and D models across the Twin Cities. So you may have to drive from Lakeville to Centerville to see a, a certain model, but at least that model is up so you can see it. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, all right, let's flip the inventory. We have all new stuff under construction now. So let's uh, give some great deals out there. So no, it's good. Yeah, yeah sorry. Cool. I didn't mean to make it an infomercial. I just, I have, uh, I have seven of these to go put out today. So. Well, that's kind of a big thing. It, hey, from last week to this week, that changed the payment on that house with that buy down by almost $600 on average per house. A month. A month, forever. So that ends up saving them hundreds of thousands. If if you're financing, okay, that'll save you hundreds of thousands of dollars over the life of that loan if you live out the whole thing. Now, granted, if you're going to live there five years like a lot of people do, then don't take advantage of this. Then you want to buy at the lower price and then you want to use current rates pay a little bit more currently because your equity position will be so much better when you go to sell in five years that you'll, you know. Well, I think the other thing is, is that people qualify on a payment. So this house that they could qualify for last year, now they're finally able to do it again. So yeah. Where they couldn't before. Full show. Yeah. So they're in. Hey, let's tell the. Go ahead, Nick. I was going to say, the listeners probably want to know why we're, we're doing this on a, on a Friday. Obviously, the mix-up schedule. And then uh, yesterday, I was in the airport for about 13 hours. I did my first leg, left Peru immigration, about to board a plane to Aruba to meet you guys uh, tomorrow. And they denied me and uh, my travel companion because we didn't have a physical form of some vaccine, yellow fever. And... Uh, Luckily, she's a lawyer. So at five hours later, we ended up back in Lima with free hotels, taxi, food, and new flights on Saturday. 
the day you guys uh, arrive in, in Aruba. But it's been a long uh, 24 hours, so that's kind of why we're we're on this Friday morning. And and uh, you know yeah, that, that's why we live in America. Um, so we don't have to. Wait, wait, come on! You don't have to deal with crazy airlines in in the U.S. Well, that either. yellow fever and you know jungle oh, yeah, yeah. disease number sixty and. <laughs> yeah, what was that one for? Yellow fever. Yeah. yeah, there's like it happens in the Amazon a lot. So if you're in some of these countries for over six days, in a lot of countries, if you want to enter them, you have to have this this vaccine. You know, hmm. so luckily I had it back in the day, and it's a lifetime thing. But I didn't have a physical form. And so the, the crazy part is when you check in my first leg in Cusco, they didn't say anything about it. They let me go through immigration. They didn't say anything about it. So this is, you know, after one flight and getting ready to board the next one. And they say, no, you can't come. So they, they ended up trying to make a deal with us because they, they screwed up. You know, they, they're not allowed to let the person go through immigration and the first leg without the proper documents. Oh, wow. So. That, uh, well, you know, I mean, God bless them for trying to protect themselves. I mean, I, I get it. So we were, we were, we were traveling halfway across the world to go see Dick. And he wasn't even going to be there. That would have been really <laughs> wonderful. So, I had uh, something come up that's better than that. So. Oh, what? What's that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm just being, I'm being young. Totally. And my daughter is uh, heading to Ecuador uh, for her J term. And, uh, and then going to go out to the Galapagos Islands and everything. She's literally setting up. In the jungle, um, they're doing these uh, like clinics, um, you know, different different shots and you know ailments, whatever, and basic you know uh, healthcare stuff out in the jungle. And uh, one of the first requirements I asked her, um, of course, is can you lift at least 120 pounds? My daughter's like on each arm. Let's go. She's like, you know, she's, she's pretty tough. Anna's tough. And uh, and so anyway, they have to carry these these kits out into the jungleless areas, but. Now talk about a list of things she had to have shots for just even to get in and then to protect her as a student, the college had some additional stuff. And yeah, that was, I think your yellow fever was on that list. So wait, they're going to do all that work and she's got to pay right for the J term, the classes, yeah. like she's paying money to do that work. I have the privilege of paying for her to go there, um, <laughs> which is super nice. And then uh, at their reward for their volunteer work out in the jungle is, they get to go, I believe it's two days out into the Galapagos Islands. And, uh, dude, that would be money. That's something I... Yeah, that's I, very, that's I, very expensive. Yeah, I got to go sell another house quick. Um, the uh, But, it, you know... 4.99%. Yeah, I'll probably sell a bunch. Mm -hmm. um, no, the idea there is is get out there and see the world, right? So, like, uh, we we... I don't know. I think it's cool. I couldn't do it. I no, couldn't sit in the jungle. I'd die. I'd melt. Uh oh, he looks. Nick looks. Well, you know what happens off. when you and I run the show? We keep talking about the same thing for one hour. So what happens to the market? What is happening in the market? Well, I mean, I think it's on vacation somewhat. I mean, I'm seeing I quite a few um, th things look very normalized right now. The um, uh the amount of showings that we're getting are normalized, the amount of uh, offers that are coming in. I mean, you know, the, the biggest thing that I saw that was kind of nice uh, this week too was NAR uh, finally came in and was on like CNBC or whatever it was and gave a, a response uh, to this multi-billion dollar uh, lawsuit that they're in. And it had a, it. Um, what's that? I didn't see it. What did it say? Oh, uh, well, basically she, you know, the president, she's she's a, a realtor broker herself, real estate agent. And she said, listen, all this is gonna do is is put us back where we were in the in the nineteen forties where people came in unrepresented and, and and literally felt taken advantage of. And that what our system was designed to do was to protect the consumer ultimately with having representation on both sides of the transaction where buyers and sellers are represented. And she goes, that'll be taken away if this is broken down where the actual buyer has to pay for their own representation, where the buyer that can't afford representation, just like an attorney, there's not going to be one provided for you because for whatever reason, uh, real estate is not considered to be law. Um, so even though it's shelter, um, the the idea there is, is that it, it, it's, I don't know. So there was a lot of question marks there with what um, 
or not question marks, just like basically they finally stood up and fought back a little bit, which is like, that's the only reason why I've always said, I, I, I need an association that has a spine. I want them to stand up for what's right and make sure that people understand it's not, we're not like hiding a big conspiracy of stealing money from people. It's like, like she said too, she goes, Hey, as a seller, tell me one time in the history of the real estate association that you haven't had a plethora of options to list and sell or do it yourself or assisted selling or flat fee or percentage selling. They go there. Every option in the world's available to you. So, you know, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think the bigger problem is going to be if, because one of the, one of the things is, is that you don't have to participate with the national association of realtors. They're a huge lobbying thing. I think if people decide, cause it's not cheap to do it from a realtor standpoint and right. we all have to do it and uh it but it's it's good but maybe they'll like you you've talked about you know to get that budget and tighten it up a little bit but if it goes away that's a well they're going to appeal it they're, they're going to here's what it's, it's going to take another year or so and they're going to appeal it and and uh i think it's called appellate court or whatever where it's it's literally not going to be the same set it's not gonna be a jury saying yeah i got taken advantage of and i want money for the no It'll go back to a show the facts and the jury will not get that decision and, and, or have that privilege anymore. So then it'll be appealed. But in the meantime, guess what just, you just did to yourself. So whoever's behind this lawsuit, thank everybody for enforcing the fact that now we have to charge full fees again, just to cover our legal fees for protecting people that we were trying to protect in the first place. And it's, it's absolutely asinine that these people are allowed. I don't think that there should be countersuits against the people making the suits. And, and put them out of the business or take their license away as a practicing attorney. If you're not going to be representing the right side of right, I mean, come on. Wow. These class action lawsuit attorney firms are jokes. All they do is chase money. Andy, Andy, wow. Well, I mean, most of them, not all of them, but I mean, a lot of them do. That's all they're out there for is the money. They, they, just, they think the industry is full of deep money pockets and they want to go after it. And it's just, it's wrong. Thank God you're back, Dick. He's going crazy. We have to slow him down. No, it's but the yellow, it, yeah. it's the yellow fever, Chris. It it, it got me. <laughs> okay. I think I, I got it. through the screen from Nick. I get. It. All right. Hey, I think they kind of we brought it up a little bit that who is really behind these uh, lawsuits, and maybe the the Democrats are trying to fix it, so they're going after the hedge funds owning property. This is a, and and the hedge fund act. Let me pop it up here. I have an article. Have you guys heard about this? I didn't see the article. No. Maybe pieces of it. Not a profit center for Wall Street. Lawmakers take on greedy hedge funds accused of gobbling up homes, fueling the affordability housing crisis. Are uh, corporate landlords to blame? Um, well, you know, I, I think that there's some of that to be said, but there's also. You know, back in 2012, when 18% of the market was represented by those institutional investors, we looked at them as being angels saving a lot of home sellers that needed to sell their houses at a fair price. And now all of a sudden they flipped that. It's, it's so fast how something that's good can be something that's all of a sudden bad. And it just drives me crazy. Um, what is your opinion on that, Chris? I mean, because remember when we were on, on, on air, we were talking about this a couple of years ago. And it was like, it got to the point of where it was up to like 28% over a quarter of the houses being sold in the Twin Cities was corporate sales. Yeah, here's the thing. They're going to make money. They're going to flip it and flop it any way you, you look at it. I, I I always look at an apartment building I had, and we were we took Section 8, which, you know, is helping people yeah. with payments and stuff like that. But they're, they're paying the landlords more money. Thus, the landlords can sell their properties for more money. Sure. Just, I mean, it's just it's so silly. I mean, everything they do just... It's like these corporate fund. Oh yeah, yeah. They, oh, they saved us, but you know what? They're also in it to make money, and they're going to. And now they're taking advantage of it. They got to do something, you know. So they're, if they're, it's always a leg up. And I think they're always a leg up. Always, it's always going to be that way. Well, so and th we, think about this too, Chris. Take out the realtors. You know, someone yeah. else is trying to come back in. You know, and make money. It just this is the way it is. Well, you know, you take a look at the consumer, right? So if you're worried about housing stability. Um, hedge funds are going to be the most stable investor there because they're not going to lose money. 
they only buy when they can make money. So if you see hedge funds buying, guess what's probably a good bet for you? They're they're uh, banking on appreciation or inflation coming. And so those tangible assets may be wonderful investments and people have to have a place to live. So they're renting. And what's cool about it, let's say that you do have a quarter of the houses that are for rent in your neighborhood are owned by corporations. That's just stability. And a lot, I mean, I hate to say it because I, I don't like Big Brother either. But the idea there is, is that I own, uh, I'm, I'm uh, an investor in hedge funds. So are you, I'm sure, you know, and mutual funds. And other, they invest into uh, a plethora of different things, right? They want that um, investment diversity so it can actually, you know, uh, protect the investor. Um, but here's the idea behind it. Though. I think what people are scared of is that we're all going to be renting a house from Big Brother. Well, it, it, I don't think it'll happen, but I, I do think that that's that a lot of people do fear that because, you know, think about this again, Chris. Remember you and I were talking about this a couple weeks ago? 38% nationally, I think it's higher locally here in Minneapolis, but or Minnesota, that own their houses free and clear. Kind of hard for a corporation to take over, you know, from those people. Unless those people want to move and they, the corporations are going to pay them more than 5,000, 10,000 more than anyone else is willing to pay. And then sure. all of a sudden they start gobbling those up. So, but they yeah. also just started talking about now the, you heard about this, like the rents are flatlining and, and people can't afford it. They're not, the defaults on rentals are, are gigantic right now. No. You're, you're at that, you know, plethora or, or threshold of pain where people can't go anymore. I mean, I think that one thing that a lot of people don't realize, and they were talking about, oh, we're going to have a great year next year. How many of you as homeowners in Minnesota that just recently got your tax statements and go, oh my God, I've never seen this kind of a property tax increase in my life. Yeah. Right? Everyone. Think about that. And then all of a sudden you've got these, uh, the current tax, uh, you know, incentives are in place, income tax wise, go away at the end of next year. You don't think that's going to affect people's spending habits when all of a sudden you have an extra 2000 3000 $6,000 a year out of your pocket. And then income wise, let's say you add, you know, you're, you're a high earner and all of a sudden you're out another 15% on your income. It, it will affect people's disposable income and disposable incomes where you buy all the toys and the fun stuff. And I, I still think that industry and those sectors are in for that crisis. I, I, I just do. Not, not that it, it's outside of housing, but it's hey, Nick, a throw, year or two for them. Nick, throw that statement up again. Okay. In the Senate, the Hedge Fund Control of American Homes Act bans hedge funds from owning single family homes. After a 10 year phase out process, it will impose a 50% tax on the fair market value. That's communism. That's, <laughs> that's crap. Yeah. That's 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 trying to throw something out there to get noticed is what I think. So all of my retired friends that have uh, a, a ownership in a, in a hedge fund that maybe has an investment in single family now cannot get a return on their investment. And uh, where, where can we make money, guys? How can we take care of ourselves in the future? I mean, you got to stop this crap. Go to, but what, go is, to what is make sure you what have is a yellow solution what is the solution get the hell out of our way let us do our own business be self-sustaining business entities no but we we've talked about about the big corporations buying up all the the single family homes and becoming a generation uh, of renters so is this is it not good to have some sort of tax on these big companies that have 100 homes you know they do it in europe which kind of does mess up things where even a normal person, if you have a second home, you pay way more in property taxes on the second home. Do you want um, me to And they're still, yes. Okay, cool. So here's where the problem is. It's education. I think people are not educated in today's market to understand how to sustain themselves, how to pay their own rent, how to, to achieve uh, financial freedom. They don't teach people how to buy houses, build wealth. They don't talk to kids about how to retire on their own without relying on somebody else to take care of you. And we, we're making a generation of people that think, let's go wherever it's easiest, right? Where is it convenient? And I think that that's what happens. So I'm not going to take on a big house payment. I'm not going to work harder. I'm just going to rent here for now. And and I think it's a problem. I think it's starting to ooze over into the marketplace, the business world. And you're, you're it's just, what do you think about that, Chris? I just, I think it's because we're not telling the kids what to do when they're younger. I think we're spending more time on mathematical formulas and stuff that they'll never use. And they should be talking about, hey, here's how you balance a checkbook. Here's how you balance your budget. Here's how you build a personal budget for yourself so that you can have money at the end of the year to save for your future. You know, those kind of things are just, I think it's not talked about enough. I just. No. Well, I, I'm not so sure it's the kid's fault. I think it's. I didn't. It's, it's, our, it's, our, it's the parent's fault. <laughs> well, that, yeah. I mean, 
parents are allowing this stuff and letting them get away right. with everything. So, well, right there, you go. Ultimately, it is our fault. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So look at my, look at my kid. Not. He's traveling around the world. I mean, what the hell? How how did that happen? I mean, I second throw a football. Oh, okay. That's right. <laughs> yeah, get your priorities straight, Chris. Yeah, that's <laughs> my fault. My fault. <laughs> Well, the good thing is with us too, we don't really have the excuse because we have the internet now. So you have a million yeah. different perceptions and perspectives about what direction to go and you're not limited and it's on you to to find the good ones and, and go from there. So, uh, well, but I, I think yeah. that the whole talk about the corporations owning everything is big though. And this is a good way for them to get points with the, the voters, even if it seems totally insane, a 10 year phase out with 50% tax rate. Exactly what it is. Totally. And then if they want to, what, what happens if that comes, that 10 year thing comes up? And if I understand this correctly, I mean, at the end of that 10 years, they're going to get nailed on their equity of 50% tax. What's for them not to drop all their houses, 25% to get them all sold and totally crash the market and turn the market. They make no equity. Correct. Yeah. So. And just write them off as they go. Cause you know, there's also that depreciation thing they can do too, probably against profits and they'll depreciate them to zero then. And that's why you have to have a national association of realtors too to be lobbying that kind of stuff because all of a sudden that depreciation tax goes away well there's the incentive not to have um investment homes you know and like andy said there's a lot of people that build their wealth on investment homes i mean people are buying and it's not like the people that have 100 there's people that have two and three you know that are that are handy that can take care of things that you know that, that that's what they did you know, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's, yeah. it's kind of, uh, it's, it's, it'll be, it'll be sad. I mean, but it'll, we'll, we'll get over it. I mean, we'll figure out the different ways in which to do it because there's always ways in which to do it because big money owns our government. And it's just a simple fact. If they're going to get you elected, you're going to have to try to help them do some of the things that they want to do. And there's always going to be a loophole to be able to get to that. And everyone talks about, oh my gosh, we're going to tax them to death. We're going to tax them to death. Well, on the backside, they have other ways in which to be untaxed and not have to pay anything. So mm-hmm. it's just, they're going to figure it out. And that's why I always was hoping, just give me, just, just give me a flat tax rate for everyone, every single person. Do it. I always thought that was a great well, I, I think that, you know, what happens, Chris, too. The other thing that nobody wants to talk about right now is as they, we're going to raise this tax. We're raising that tax. We're going to do this tax. Yeah. And guess what starts happening? Bartering. People stop going to the government paying their cuts. And then yeah. people start saying, hey, I'll uh, I'll trade you, Mr. Whatever, for this service, and I'll do this for you. Or, hey, I'll sell you this car, and you give me this four-wheeler, and let's swap. And, they, and it, <laughs> they're asking for trouble, I think. But yeah. that's why I tell you what. You know, there, there is a big push for people to say, hey, there will be no paper cash. It's going to be all digital cash. Well, guess why they want that? So yeah. exactly what I said can't come true. So it's like, it's like you know, the the old days of uh, swapping, you know, services or goods, uh, bartering, as they say. Um, I don't know. I have, no idea. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm aware that you're a clean cut kid. Totally. So I hang out with you. You, you keep you. me honest. Thank you. All right. What else? What's next? So we just closed on a home for three hundred ten grand, and the appraisal came in at four oh five. Wow! Because the house was completely renovated head to toe, and apparently the seller's agent was basing off comps that were only similar in size, but completely outdated, from what I can tell. My first question is: We put fifteen percent, but still have PMI. Wouldn't we be above the twenty percent equity since the house appraised for so much more than we paid for it? Second question. Is will this most likely affect my taxes or cause any unforeseen issues that I can think of? Number one, the appraisal is done for your bank, your bank's thing. It doesn't state, it doesn't mean that it does not mean that, hey, this house is even worth that, but it is to the bank. And that's what the bank is saying. But when you purchase a home, it's either you you go based off the higher or the, the lesser of the sale price or the appraised price. So if it would have came, if the appraisal would have came in at three hundred thousand, you paid three ten for it, you would have had to t- put your fifteen percent down off of the three hundred thousand. But here's the one good thing: I mean, obviously, you could refinance and get out of private mortgage insurance. And I think there's a there's a timeline. I don't know if you could use that same appraisal, but might need another appraisal 
I don't even know what it is, six months or a year that you can go on the back. kind of financing you have. Yeah. yeah, you can go back and say, hey, um, give that to the private mortgage insurance company and, and yeah. they can say, OK, yeah, it's worth it. You don't have to pay mortgage insurance now. So, yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's pretty simple. So appraisals are just remember that appraisals don't tell you what the value of the property is, that it's the value that the bank wants to know what that value is to them. And it's because you have to mortgage something. So now some people will do an appraisal to try to get the value because, hey, that's what we do. We kind of take like my like houses and be able to kind of look at them and say, you know what? Hey, that one's 300. This one's 320. Yours doesn't have this. It does have this. We're going to go 315 on yours. So, but that doesn't create market value. Only what a seller's willing to sell for and a buyer's willing to buy. That's the true market value. Yeah. Fact. All right. That's why we do put a little value on the old cash market. Yeah, totally. What are, what are things selling for cash? And the and appraiser will go, why? Well, I, I can't use that comp. It was cash. I go, oh, so somebody's real opinion of what it's worth with real money? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's a, That's a good point. Okay. You want this one, Andy? Go ahead. Ex-girlfriend and I bought a house. Well, she broke up with me. All right. Oh my God, I talk about this a lot. I want to sell. She doesn't. We're both on the deed and the mortgage. Joint tenancy of survivorship. Meaning, if one dies, it goes to the other person. I'm willing for her to buy me out, but she's in a lot of debt. I know this because I loaned her $10,000 and she's still in debt. She's dragging this out. They got a 3.4% interest rate. And she won't talk to him. I uh, I don't want this to drag on any longer. How can I force a sale or a buyout right away? I can't do either without her consent. And prolonging this is my biggest fear. I know technically she can if she doesn't agree to sign anything. I know she's dragging this to either make me uncomfortable, enough to make me leave. That way she could be in the house without me keeping that low interest rate or buy her enough time to pay her debts and wait for the rates to go down, which will be torturous for me. Okay, here's the thing. You should have thought about that when you purchased it. Plain, simple fact, you should have had something in writing how you guys were going to be able to handle it. At this point, you both own the house and you can't sell it without her. And you might hang on to it for the next 30 years until that mortgage is done or until she's ready to be able to sell. Fact. You can't force her to do nothing, you know? And if she, here's the other great thing. She can, she can stop paying. Stay paying her half of the payment and you're going to get stuck with it and you're going to have a bad credit rating. That's why you always, always have a plan. I mean, obviously, if you're married, but if you have a plan, you're buying a house with someone, you have an out. You have an out plan. What happens if this does happen? No one wants to talk about it because we're so in love. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. Um, but it it happens too many times. And so that's the first thing I talk about. And, it, and it's uncomfortable, but that's what your agent should be doing. That's how you protect each other. You know, and it's it's uncomfortable to say, you know what, you know, honey, I don't really trust you. So we have to be able to figure out a plan how we're going to get out of this. Oh, my gosh. It's like a prenup agreement. I mean, it really is. Exit strategies are the uh, most uh, exciting thing to have when you're trying to exit. And you, when you're amicable, it's easy to write them because then you're very fair with each other, aren't you? Well, I'll tell you one thing. My, my advice to that uh, person is is to... Try to get a plan in place. And, and even if it's not what you want, and I know you want to get rid of it quick, but uh, even if it's a plan in place saying that, you know what, hey, you're going to make the payments. Um, you're going to give me copies of the, the mortgage payments so I know that they're being paid and that you're going to refinance it within two years or else we're going to sell it. You got to you got to give and take. That's what you got to do. So. I, had, I had a buddy that had, uh, this was a customer of mine way back, and they weren't even, they weren't even, you know, like they were just boyfriend and girlfriend, same thing. And uh, the one wasn't even on the deed and they exited the property. So the one they quote broke up and left the property. Um, so then there's tenant law that came into place with her, even though she didn't, she wasn't on the title. She wasn't on the, uh, or she was not on the, uh, the mortgage. He was on the mortgage. Uh, she was on the title because she had gifted him $20,000. And so like to help with the down payment and their future and also, so now she's living in the house, she has an equitable position and she has tenant law. 
And because he's a male and she's a female, the police will not allow him back into his own house without a police escort. Um, yep, not, nothing's amicable. This lady said this guy, and it wasn't the truth, but it was it was a very tough situation for that uh, seller. And so what he did was he said, basically, I'm going to let it go into foreclosure or you're going to get out of the house and we're going to sell it. And it came down to where um, they also started the eviction process, um, you know, and it was a mess. But long story short, once she was on the deed, or it could be a he in this matter, it doesn't matter, right? Um, once you're on that deed, you have to basically get almost, unless you're very nice, you just say, okay, I'll sign off. Um, a lot of times people will hold you ransom for that signature, uh, especially if they're coached by an attorney to say, hey, don't just sign off on it, make them pay for it, you know? So, yeah. It's a yeah. Mess. How, how would you? It, so, say me and my girlfriend, don't tell my wife, which but me one? and my, girl, yeah, me and my girlfriend one? came in and we wanted to buy a house from you. Yep. And we're like, Hey, she's gonna she's gonna put in thirty thousand. I'm gonna finance it, and we're gonna eventually live happy happily ever after. Yep. What, what would you tell us? Say so. You have a girlfriend. She wants to also gift you money to buy the house. Yeah, we're gonna we tell her no buy it together. I'd say keep it separate for now. You stay all on the ownership. You stay on the the mortgage. Don't worry about the the equitable, you know, uh, gifting. Um, unless unless you want to do it in the form of a second mortgage. Which then, as long as I'm paying my mortgage, it, it you'll be fine. Um, I, I would I would suggest not to do it. You so you'd you'd not sell me a house if uh, we love each other and we're gonna it's gonna be a we're gonna have a wonderful life together eventually, um, and we want to buy this house and it's a good deal and we both want to be part of it. It's, it's hey, an investment. Hey Chris, I sell the guns. I don't tell you what to do with them. I just. Uh... <laughs> No, I, well, I think here's the thing, you know, I would advise you, but at the end of the day, if you want to hang yourself, I, I it's not my job to stop you from doing what you legally can do. I, I, I advise you, I give you the advice, but you don't always take it. You know what I yeah. mean? But here's the thing. A lot of these things do work out. They're totally fine. Yeah. And it's not going to be a problem, no. but there's nothing wrong with if there is a problem, how are we going to solve it? And if you can solve it on both ends. And so maybe it's like, you know what? We, we do an appraisal and um, you know what? I have more money into it. I have first right in which to purchase it, but then you have a right in which to purchase it. If we can't sell it, then at that, if we don't agree with that, then we end up selling it. I mean, that's, it's a very, I, I think a very simple thing to be able, obviously you want to get it in writing. You want to get it notarized. want to make sure, I mean, a, a step further is getting an attorney to write it um, even, even better. But there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of times you start seeing this with second marriages too. So it's kind of like, okay, hey, there's two of us that are getting together. We both have kids. And uh, now all of a sudden, uh, joint tenancy, tenants in common comes in play. Because it's kind of like, you know what? If I if I was to pass away, I want Nick and Morgan to be able to have my, my side of that. You know, I don't want, you know, Betty, Susie, and Bobby all to get it as well. And that, and that and vice versa, it's the same way that she wants her kids to be able to get what her half is. But then we have to have an agreement because you don't want Betty, Bobby, and Susie to be able to own it with Nick and Morgan. You know, all of a sudden you have five owners. And so you got to kind of, you got you to gotta think that out. And it's not even so much for, hey, we're going to break up and, you know, you don't trust me. It's just being smart. And that's the way I frame it. You know, it's not, hey, it's going to be great. Everything's going to be fine. I'll tell you what, I did have a problem one time and here's what happened. It was two buddies that purchased this house and blah, 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 blah. You know, and one wanted to get married and then all of a sudden it's like, well, if you're not going to move out, you know, if you won't let me buy it, then my wife's moving in. You know, what about the things like that? You yeah. have, it's two buddies buying. Oh, all of a sudden now you have a live-in girlfriend? What the hell? I don't want that. You know, you know, you have four girlfriends and my, my, my fiance can't believe that you're doing it. And she goes and tells somebody, I mean, it's, it's a mess. So you just, you want to be able to kind of just cover those things. On that, on that last one, there could be a book written there. That, that mm -hmm. yeah. some hot steamy uh, supermarket novel. Not saying, not saying it might've happened because it might've happened. Just saying. Hey, through your guys' uh, experience, how many times does that work out? Situations like this, is it 50 50 or is it usually you know trouble? I'd, I'd say 95% it works out. 
Yeah. yeah. It's just the, but a good realtor. The, the ones that don't work out are so nasty usually that yeah. it ends up being where it's like, it just leaves that bitter taste in your mouth. You know, it's kind of like, unfortunately for a customer that's like, well, why do I need to sign this big, crazy contract with you? You know, I'm going to buy from you. You know, I'm going to sell from you. And it's not you. It's the one before you that was 10 years ago that was, you know, that took advantage of every opportunity they could to, you know, and, and so unfortunately for some people, that's, that's the way it goes, you know. And here's the other thing too, that happens is that it's never usually about the house. It's about something else. We see that and we yeah. see it a lot. Girlfriends. To, yeah. Like inheriting houses and all yeah. of a sudden, it's, you know, Nick and Morgan get it and, and Morgan's like, you know what, Nick, you never went to any of my volleyball games. I'm not signing it. What? Now we're talking about volleyball. And that's what happens. It, it, it's always usually about something else. So if you can take this house and put it in another um, kind of a, a different area of your other battles, you know, yeah. like, hey, this is set. This is how it's going to go. You know, I don't have to even we don't have to fight about that. We can we can, you know, I'll come to your, you know, Lord Fletcher volleyball games every Thursday night kind of thing. Oh, it was, it was, I've had, I've had some nasty, weird scenarios with inheritance too. Yeah, where I, I had, I'll give you one quick example. I had a, uh, a client that um, was married and, and had children and the whole thing. And uh, you know, your typical, I always say the Facebook family, everybody's happy right on Facebook. And, and then also out of nowhere, one of the spouses inherited like a $3 million trust fund that they never commingled so they kept it off to the side for over a year and over that year positioned themselves to get divorced uh settle on the divorce um get support from the divorce so that there was spousal support um being received by the person that inherited all the money so life-changing amount of money okay and uh and then there's this uh, all this and then you're going to pay her four thousand a month and you're going to do this you're going to do that and then you pay for the kids college she gets to keep the house they get to do what you get half your retirement account and and they put no value on that uh three million dollars to the side because it was it was a separate entity in a trust I, i'd like to see chris please i don't like to do myself <laughs> thank you uh i i um and and i'm telling you this this divorce settled uh with keeping their own money the three million to the side receiving all kinds of support. They kept the house. They got half the retirement accounts. And it's like, so sometimes these divorces get ridiculous. And and just, I don't know, man. I, I think sometimes too, I think the, the whole divorce thing, yep. I think what people need to kind of remember is kind of the family. I mean, and some things don't work out. They just don't, you know? And it, it, it well, half of them don't work out. At least half, okay? And so fighting and doing all that kind of stuff, it's only affecting your your children. You know what I mean? It, you can be angry at each other and do all that, but it usually is affecting your 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 children and the rest of your family. And um, just kind of, I don't know. I just, I- No, I mean, I you're right. But not everybody, not everybody has the same, there's some people that'll argue about something you don't even know they're arguing. And then other people are throwing chairs across the room. So it's like, everybody's got different levels of uh, hostility built up inside, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, I, I don't. I don't get. I don't get the monster fights. It's just like, hey, it's, it didn't work out. Let's move on. Let's figure well, out. You know, and in, in that case of where that client of mine inherited that much money, it's that's life changing money. That's like the, I don't have to work anymore. I can just put my money in a hedge fund and uh, you know sit back and live off the dividends because it, it's a uh, this this. Uh, well, I mean, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But it's like I just thought it was amazing how now that I have a chance to be independent because I can be, I'm going to, no. and you're going to pay for it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. enjoy hell. <laughs> yeah. Not to cast any stones, but oh my golly, <laughs> what a horrible thing to do to somebody. Hey, maybe they're just, just one years old when my family started in real estate, where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results.
I, I guess we're gonna go to commercial, Chris. <laughs> I, I I we, I'm like, I think we're kind of going. Brought to you by Midwest Landscape. Look at this new mug I got last night at the Christmas party. Isn't that nice? Wow. Is that I your know. brother? Classy that brother? organization that's owned by my brother and his partners. Your bro. I uh, bro. You should oh, see. Oh, uh, to you, he's you called should. my life coach. Yeah, you should you see have... the lake. It's it's like perfectly calm. It's unfrozen. It's there's I mean it's nice and lots of water and there's ducks. There's a guy on a wave runner yesterday. There's a guy that has a wave runner that these three geese follow him when he drives. Oh, and so wow. he's he's still doing it, you know, crazy. But it is crazy. All right, where are we going? We're going to Hamill. Oh, good. We're off to Hamill. That's not a bad. I I don't mind um, Hamill. Just a, it's a little further out, you know. You're yeah. on, on the west side. Isn't this your weekend house? Yeah, let me. I gotta look a little closer. I don't know. I think it. It might have been, been one of mine. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I I get mixed up a lot. Maybe if we can. When was built? Nineteen. 1998 on 25 acres wow sounds nice for two million sounds really good let's see let's see it let's give you some pictures some big pictures hamill's a nice area too right outside of plymouth there that's not not that dated either for a 1998. well oh. that's that brazilian cherry wood remember that yeah but that tiger wood or whatever they called it the not the, not the golf player, the actual Tiger. All stucco, ding, ding, ding. Look at 1998 stucco. You never know. You want to make sure. Crates? What are the crates there for? You want to do a trust? Uh, oh, to protect the trees, maybe, or the shrubs? No, they're making they're making herbs. That's where they they raise their herbs. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I would tell the sellers to get that out of there for the photo for your listing photo. One hundred percent. I mean, come on. And, and the thing is that those landscaping is all nice and um, done, but yeah, you don't want you re, you don't really want those because it's that, taken that, away. Hideous. Yeah, from the stone and everything. Yeah, it's taken away from it because that's a good. I mean, it's a, the first I, thing I looked at. I go, what's wrong with the front of the house? Are they under construction or what is that? It's a good looking house. So it tells me that there's ice that comes off the house and hits the shrubs in the front and creates an ice dam. Wow, Jeez. did you see how I picked all that up quick? Yeah, I did. Let's see. You're usually really naughty to these houses. So I've been keep... told that, but I, I don't mean to be. I'm just being honest to help them. It's a cool look. I like it. I'll tell you what I always suggest. Number one is get rid of that rug. Not for the showings, but for the pictures. Get rid of that. And then do a... See how it's shiny? You can do a matte finish on that Brazilian chair. It looks fantastic. And it just That's dulls a... it. It's I guarantee shiny. you, Chris, they pull that floor, that carpet up right there, and the floor's a different color. Right. That's why That's you have big, redone. Big Especially in a $2 million house. You can flip it in a minute. Because what can a $2 million buyer do? They can go over and buy Andy's listing at 4.99%. It's brand new. And so it's kind of like you've got to give them a reason. Yep, look at that. See it? Look at that. It goes Is that one of our banner ads? It's flying away. But you gotta you gotta compete against them, and a lot of people don't want to spend the money in which to be able to do that. Yeah. But I'm telling you, it's money well, well, well spent. Yeah. So because this is all, for the rest. I mean, it's 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 enamel. It's uh, you know the the woodwork looks good. Well, that's what one of my builders used to tell these people was in back in the day. Like, hey, if you're gonna go with these exotic, darker colored woods, and you have to understand how they work, how they operate, how they work with sun. And, you know, it, some of his advice was really good. Like, hey, the first year that we're there, you know, as much as you can not have rugs out there, let the floors naturally even out so that you don't have that always that line that's always there. When yeah. somebody moves right in the house the first day and it's in the sun all day long every day and the UVs attack that floor. And people Real. don't believe me until you see it. And then you're like, oh, my golly. And when do you usually see it, Andy? At the walkthrough. The walkthrough before closing. People go in there and, and see that and freak out. Freak but out. It does come back. I mean, if you just take your, I mean, that's another tip, by the way. If you have carpets and you're thinking about selling, and let's even say it's, uh, you know, I'm going to sell next spring, get rid of those carpets and that thing will start coming kind of back together. It's crazy how it works. Yeah, well, right? and move your, I mean, honestly, if you're, if you're living there and you're not for sale and you get no rugs the first year, let the floor even out, 
and then move your table every other day, you know, and just keep moving it around, you know, even a couple inches just so you don't have the spots. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. All right, let's get some more photos here. All right. That's kind of cool. I, I mean, that stone there. is good. The the wood ceiling is good. I mean, the railings are good. I mean, this you got you have to remember this is 1998. Now you it does look like you got a few different levels there, which might be uh, something for someone. Let's keep going. It's big and open. A lot of a lot of uh, that that the wood ceiling. Did you see that kind of carries out the whole main floor? Yeah. Yeah, which kind of tone? I like using bit. it as an accent, not as a theme, you know? Yeah, that backsplash is a little annoying. Or just a little, I, I can't tell, but it looks like it's it's fighting it. Wow, look at that dining room. That's a presidential dining room there, Andy. Yeah, we could get some deals done there. Yeah. I want that as my conference table. You do? Yes. That'd be cool. So the pillars, I mean, yeah, the pillars, the Roman style pillars are kind of a little out. You can, but you can redo them, do something in wood or something. Mm -hmm. That kind of looks cool. Yeah, arches. We struggle with arches nowadays too. Whenever we have an arch in a house, people really pick on it. And it used to be huge. Uh huh. Well, it shows craftsmanship, right? Yeah. What is that thing? A little bar. It's a little wet bar. You come in and you receive a drink. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It's kind of fun. I wonder if that's a bathroom behind it, though. You gotta, you come out and after the bathroom, grab a drink again. That's the empty and fill station. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's a little pantry for the bar. When you replace the windows, um, if it gets to that point, you definitely want to square them off. Agreed. And you could do that too. I mean, you could just replace the tops. That makes a big difference. It just shows it just shows its age. But because for the most part, I mean, I mean, what the stone and the fireplaces are and stuff, you can work with all that and all the, the woodwork for sure. They sure. must have a little pool house in the back end. You see that? I see that, yeah. The roof, yeah. Yes. Same room. Okay, cool. There you go. Nice office. Good. Yeah. That That's always stuff too with, with pre-made cabinets like that. You never know which way to go with the with the desk. See, I wouldn't want to look at the fireplace. I'd rather have it flipped around and looking out the front window. Um, what's going on in the world versus you know? Yeah, that thing's built in. Oh, it's beautiful. That's really nice. Back in the day, somebody paid a lot of money for that desk and setup. Yeah, a lot. Porch. Keep going. Yeah, that's dated. Keep going. I mean, that's showing you 98. Again, we always talk about that that yeah. tile. Very hard with those bathtubs and that tile to switch all that out. So, I mean, a, a bathroom remodel sometimes will cost you fifty to 80000 bucks just to um, kind of get it to something. That's why people don't do it because they can live with it. Right. I mean, it's nice. Don't get me wrong, but we're trying. We're trying to sell it for them. I mean, they did a lot of work on the ceilings too. Look at all the coffered ceilings and the beams and yeah. They spent they spent a lot of effort in the design elements for sure. Not that they're right, but they're just they. You can tell they put a lot of effort into the house when it was yeah. being designed and built. Yeah, they did. All right, it's a big area. Mm, workout room. What a waste of space. Must be right off the off the pool too. That's kind of cool though. They should have a donut eating room instead of a workout room. It'd be more useful. That was that room off the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> See, Nick, thank you. Chris doesn't even know I'm joking. Chris is like, yeah, I, I would too. Who doesn't have one of those? Hey, my God. Uh, hey, what, I was looking at a house in North Oaks with a client. And this was a $4 million house, right? It's like, it's either us or Ziggy Wolf is going to buy it, right? And we're out there and this, I, I'm sitting there and I'm puzzled. I open up a door and there's literally a shower basin on the floor. And and I go, and there's a hot and cold water there. I'm like, what in the hell is this room? And I call the listing agent. He goes, oh, that's the bucket filling room for the maid. 
So when she comes to fill her, ma- her and I go, ah, the old bucket filling room. You got to have that. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Hey, right. Did you see even all those ceilings in that bedroom were even textured with a nice uh, trim? Here, I have something for this room. Okay. Wine? Yes. But if you're going to put that many things on it, it doesn't look good that you don't put wine in it. Correct. I mean, you can't, and you can't put seven bottles in it just in the little corner there. I would have it completely empty or I would take it out because it just, it just says, well, that room's wasted. We'll never have that many bottles of wine. But if you see all the wines there, it's, oh my God, that would be really cool. Well, would it cost you 200 bucks to go fill it with some three buck chuck or whatever they call that stuff? There you go. You could have it full in no time. The cool thing is you can totally revamp these little cellars into something really cool that includes, um, you know, still having some wine stuff, but you can have a little sipping area, put a little sink in there. You know, you can get rid of all those racks. This could be our donut dunking room. You could put, yeah, a donut holes. You know, they have at those graduation parties. Yeah. You just make little, little things coming out from them. That's awesome. Yeah. You should be a designer. Well, you you came up with the idea. All right. A lot of stone here. This is our stone room. Yeah. Is it outside? It's outside. Outside. Okay. There you go. Yeah, it leads right to the pool. So that's kind of cool. That's covered. Is that little house that we saw before? Must be. Yeah. That's actually kind of fun. Got yeah. it's all sheetrock. Wow. Open to the elements. I wonder if it can close up. Yeah, I was thinking about the same thing. I go, it'd be a great place for critters to hide out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You kind of get lost in the place. photo where they place the photos. I mean, yeah. 25 it's acres. 8,600 square feet on 25 acres. I mean, it's a lot of house, but I can see some maintenance stuff that uh, you'd have to, you might have to worry about from a, uh, Standpoint. Yeah, How long has this been on the market, Nick? That's a two hundred thousand dollar roof job there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's see how long that's been on Zillow. One day. So it just happened. So they must have just grabbed those photos when after it snowed that one time. I, I got to be honest with you. I think it's priced right. I really do. I don't think it's bad at all. Uh-uh. Looks like a nice house. The, uh, not that we're, I want to we're okay with it, Andy. I saw the listing agent. He's he's a pretty good dude. Oh, I didn't see who who has it. Brace. Oh, and Platsky, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Never had a problem with those guys. No. So. Well, and they they're used to doing it at the high end, so they get it right. So it's like yeah. when you have somebody that is you know in the the uh, that market that price range, and then you have to make the decision. This is a tough listing because when you are sitting down with that client and you're like, hey, let's get this on the market. Um, and they think everything's great because they designed it. And you're like, well, but the this isn't cool anymore. That's not cool anymore. So you almost have to do a little bit of a reality slap, right? And then you get to the point where you say, okay, let's uh, let's hit the market at three and a half million with this house renovated. Or do we keep it at 2.2? And I'll tell you, I think there's a lot of people that would like to pay three million for a renovated house. I agree. People get worried about that. I think that might... And- Dick was just going over those prices and where it sold for a heck of a lot more in 2001. Go up to the top, Nick. I want to see what that said. There's, I think it was listed in 2020 and 21 too for like 2.4. Yeah. Oh, then they sold it in 21 for 2 million 50. Now they just listed it for till I mean, yeah, that's 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 interesting. It, I mean, it's it's moving when it lists. It's just you know. Hey, Andy, how about this light on me? Do I look like super tan right now? Th- that's not the word I was looking for, but it it's you do look something. Orangey, orange man, orange man. Yeah. How how did that sell for so much in two thousand two, and now it's less than that? It was twenty years later. It was almost brand new, and at the time, that was all really cool stuff. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, and that's like today. If you built that same house today, it'd be over four million, probably new, and everything would be really cool. And there'd be somebody lined up to pay it. We'd be like, "How the hell did they get four million for that house?" You know. I do. I think. I think you're right. I think Andy, you go in that thinking, you know what? I got it's two point one, two million one fifty, and I'm going to put in 
a million mm -hmm. and, and redo it. Now, I mean, I'm on 25 acres. I'm in the house. You know, I, to me that I think the exterior and windows might need, um, it's about that time. What is it? 20, 25 years um, right there. And I would want to know about that whole stucco thing. So for sure. I think there's a ton to be had with, uh, you know, talking about the, the uh, you know, the exterior. Some of the things that I'd be looking at too, little things you don't think about, the driveway in that house might be a $200,000 repair job coming because it's, you know, a quarter of a mile up and over and through the woods and, and with roots and woods, they don't do well with, with the asphalt driveways for very long. And all of a sudden you've got a bumpy, jumpy driveway all the way in and you got to repave it every five years. You know, those are some of those things that I think about. I tell you. You got to trim the trees yep. leading all the way up to it. Yeah. I, I just, I bought a place and it's on acreage and it's got these beautiful evergreens that line this whole driveway. Well, my sprinter van going in there, I mean, I'm dodging those branches so it doesn't go against my car. And it's like, I got to trim all of those up now. And there's, so there's, it's really cool having a lot of acreage, but it's also a lot of work and you got to be the, the right person or <clears throat> you got to pay for it. And so then it becomes, all right, well, if I got to pay for this and I'm not going to mow and I'm not going to clean up leaves and I'm not going to trim trees and I'm not going to do, you know, weeds and I'm not, I want those flowers taken care of and I want it to look really pretty. I mean, now we're 1500 to 2000 a month making those things work. Well, that's, that's, but, and this is where, I mean, that's a state living versus having a house. Mm -hmm. That's where you have expenses that are, you might even have a, a house manager that just manages the property make sure it's clean make sure the wine racks are full make sure the whatever and that may be okay with you and your lifestyle because that is i mean you're you're right on that cusp of entering that lifestyle well they have these little guest houses too on the properties they get someone that actually stays there and does it and takes care of it full time that basically hey i'll give you all your needs and stuff like that you take care of everything here so just saying i i uh, i don't know why but I enjoyed that one yeah oh you're just trying to you're just trying to have brace I'm trying brace. to distract so you don't show my commercial okay here it is well they said i could have 30 seconds on the show for a quick ad andy prasky remax advantage plus andy at prasky.com if you want to email us Here's the thing, 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales, I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, whatever it is, give us a call, send us an email. Let's get you started on your real estate journey. I'd like to help you on the way. Uh, lots of experience here, and I uh, would like to put it to work for you. Andy Prasky, REMAX Advantage Plus, thanks for listening to the show. I thought you guys were going to use that new one. <coughs> I thought, yeah, Nick did a little. A we little, uh, we got that new one that was pretty funny. I still don't. You guys don't have to hang around after the show for me because I still want to talk to you guys about that. I don't quite understand what happened. You don't understand. I have a I have a Zoom meeting, <coughs> but you oh. and Nick you and Nick can talk if he can talk. You can talk. I got to cough a little a few more times here. Okay. So what are we doing? Oh. Nick, you're talking about Lake Bemidji. Wow. Huh. Oh, you guys want me to talk about Lake? I don't know nothing about Lake Bemidji. That's awesome. So go to Bemidji.com and look it up, and I hope it's really nice. Um, <laughs> I know the university's there. My uh, future, uh, I, I didn't tell you guys this. Did I tell you guys that Connor got engaged? What? Yeah. Oh my! Yeah, his uh, fiance Callie actually went to Bemidji, and she said it was awesome being on the lake. But I don't know. I, I'm being totally honest with you. Other than that, when I was when I was young young man and I was selling lumber, I used to go just north of there a little bit to Black Duck. That was one of my my uh, uh, stops. I'd, I'd I'd make lumber here, Black Duck lumber. That's funny. Um, my, coach, nice. my coach, high school football coach, was from Black Duck. Yeah. Not not a lot up there, man. It's bears and hey, division one, and... division one hockey. Their football team is getting really good too. There you go. Something's happening up there. They're attracting okay. people. They're attracting. So there's there's something going on, Andy. Well, you you just what you do is you go out in the woods and you strap yourself with all the bear attractants, and then when the bears start running after you, you learn to run a lot faster, and, and you're quick around the up and over the trees and the logs and 
you become unstoppable, Chris. Or you, know or you go away. You know what they say about a bear? You don't have to outrun a bear. You just have to outrun your friend. That's all you got to do. Yeah. yeah. That's very true. Hey, we switched sides. This is fun. I like it over here. Oh, my God. We did. Let me get my head up here so I look. I got to like ditch down here. I know. I Now, I, I, I keep moving my screen here. That's okay. No. All right, so we don't have much to say about Lake Bemidji, it looks like. I, I don't, I honestly, I, I should have probably prepared something, but I um, I think Lake Bemidji, you get up that far up north and it's remote, so you're going to find lots of kayaking, book reading opportunities. I mean, there's a resort on that lake, so I'm sure if you wanted to go and check out their website, I'm sure we could find out more information. And I apologize, I I did not uh, prepare for the quiz. We, we I think we all assume Andy knows every lake in the Minnesota. Well, I mean, at least you're being honest with people, right? And you guys are, are uh, you know, we're authentic. I'm not making <laughs> stuff up. I, how, about, how about Rutgers? You ever been there? Not to that resort. Uh, wow. I've, I've swam that lake many times. I go to the Lake Bidji State Park a lot. Do you? Yeah, like hunt. It's really oh. cool. Yeah. That, uh, that does sound good. <laughs> Could you see me doing that? Hunting and fishing and no. I was never I was never brought up that way. So we could change that. You. I can't help I you. I can't on believe these. I said I can't believe these prices. Five hundred uh sole, that's like a five star in, in Lima. Oh yeah. No, prices are out of hand. $150 a night. In Minnesota, it's at Anywhere, it's everything is out of hand. It's just crazy the price. How about homeowners insurance? My goodness, I've been told that's going to go for the next couple of years because they just don't have enough in reserves to cover, and so these insurance companies that stay afloat and to meet their reserve requirements have to just keep raising premiums for like two more years. I'll tell you how they could fix it. Is that you got to you got to change the criteria of what a bad roof is. Because even if you get hit with some hail, that's not a horrible thing. But if the insurance companies change it, it will switch in the real estate industry as well. Because people will be like, hey, I should get, be able to get a new roof. You know, and the, the whole thought is, well, geez, yeah, it is 10 years old, but I'll get a hailstorm in the next three years. I'll get a free one. And you got to shift that thinking. And I think they could do that by saying, you know what, here's the criteria to be able to get a new roof. And now all of a sudden that becomes the criteria out there for the real estate world. Have you have you ever talked to these roofing people when you don't have insurance? Have yeah. you honestly like like or you don't have excuse me don't have a mortgage excuse me so like we have a, a lake place and hail damage and all of a sudden it's uh, they the insurance company comes back the bids are thirty some thousand dollars and we're sitting there and I go well how about this how about insurance company aside how about if I hired you guys paid you cash cash out of my pocket right now what, what would we be at on numbers? What would you guess on a thirty thousand dollar roof? What they came in at with numbers? Fifteen. Yep. No. It was half. No. Blows my mind, man. And but these insurance companies, I think they also overpay to to you know intentionally so that they don't get called miss like uh, like oh you never gave us enough money for that roof to be done properly you know or whatever so they they don't let you go with the low bid they. You know, I've been running into people now that have because uh, their deductibles are so high that um, they've taken the money and they don't do the, the, the fix. And then they're just willing to, hey, we'll just disclose it and see what the other person says. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a mortgage free owner. Yeah. You know, with a, with a mortgage, they don't send you the whole check. They keep half of it to the mortgage company. Yeah, but it's but if you if you do the work, they'll give you the money. Um, but these people are saying, no, I mean, I have insurance and my deductible is 10,000. It's only 12, it's 12,000. Here's $2,000 for you. And it's like, well, shoot, we're not going to fix the roof. Well, they're not even filing the claim. They won't. Yeah. Once they get the once, yeah. Once, once they get it, they'll say, okay, well, yeah, give me the 2000, but then they're not going to fix it. So it's kind of like. They're not going to spend their extra ten grand to have it fixed, is what I'm saying. Oh, sure, yeah. So they just take the two grand and they're on their way. Oh, I've I've seen plenty of those siding jobs too, where they all of a sudden get ten thousand dollars for the siding on the side of a house, and they go to Menards and buy the closest color they can, 
and they take boards off the back of the house and they try to patch them together and it looks like a weird color discolored disease on their house yes it does oh all right boys i gotta get moving hey guys hey click that link uh subscribe to the youtube give us a like on the facebook write us a review send in any questions you have and of course if you want to buy or sell you call chris or andy all right guys see you next thursday back on schedule me and you in person on the beach oh that's right have fun boys all right bye-bye stay on andy Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.